Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. How many brought your Bibles? How many has a Bible? I know we're in the new age now, and, 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 and it gets so easy sometimes uh, to just open up that Bible app. Uh, we used to challenge the kids when, when we was youth pastor. We used to challenge the kids to take their Bible to school. And uh, Wednesday, we used to call it a call to arms. Years ago, when uh, the forefathers were just founding America, you know, and uh, getting things together, they was trying to find uh, men who would join the army, but not just men who would join the army, but men who was quick to get their rifle and be able to uh, be ready to go. And, of course, most of you know the story. They called them minute men, you know, because they could grab their rifle in a minute and they could be ready to go. And one day they declared a call to arms that anybody who had a weapon to grab their weapon and bring it. And that stuck with me when I read that. And so we used to do a deal with our youth uh, on Wednesday nights, and we used to call it a call to arms. And so I would, I, I would make a declaration, say, every Wednesday, I want you to take your Bible to school with you, put it on your desk, take it to your locker, grab your other books, but take your Bible back with All day long, I want you to carry your Bible all day long. When somebody says, hey, what are you doing? Just tell them, hey, today's a call to arms. And then... Uh, then, then we used to post uh, on, on Wednesdays, and, and uh, they would post, and, and they would get on there on, on Wednesdays, and they would post, today is a call to arms. I will bring my Bible to school, and anybody who asks me about my Bible, I will tell them what God said. All, I mean, I mean they, all, all, all of these things. Because uh, I think sometimes uh, I'm not taking the power away from a Bible app. But, you know, sometimes I think we forget what really that possession of that Bible really is sometimes. And, and, and uh, there's times when not even opening that Bible, but carrying that Bible, somebody will see it. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we have to understand that it is a light, okay? It is a light or, or a lamp unto our feet, amen? And so, and so all this month we've been talking about, and before the month's getting over with, I'm going to say how many brought you Bibles, and I believe everybody's going to say me. If you have your Bibles or you got your smartphone or you got your tablet, now that I preach on your smartphone, everybody's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, if you would. Stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God. We're going to read out of the New King James Version. Matthew 7. Did I say 6? Okay, good. Good. I'm just checking y'all. Make sure y'all's listening. Matthew 7. We're going to read 1 through 6. <clears throat> Here's the Pentecostal's favorite scripture. 
Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to talk to you. Judge not, lest you be judged. Man, we like to, man, don't judge me. What are you judging me for? We get kind of hurt. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what measure or what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, let me stop here just for a minute. I explained this to you, not just a little bit. It says, with what measure you use to judge. If I'm going to judge you with jealousy, six ounces. Okay? That same jealousy of six ounces, the same cup, not more, not less, is going to be put right back on me. That changes everything now, doesn't it? Now we ain't so quick to judge. Look at your neighbor and say, don't judge me. I believe the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says that the ones who are judging are doing the same thing in secret. All right, I'll get off that. Okay. <laughs> judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank, the big telephone pole in your eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let, re let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. <laughs> Man, he don't play no, I mean, he just. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, let your word go forth tonight. God, begin to move in this place. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we are speaking on reset, Heavenly Father, Lord, let the buttons be reset tonight. And Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. We're going to talk about relationships. Now, when we talk about relationships, we're going to talk about resetting relationships. And, and uh, we, we, we've all had relationships to kind of go bad, whether it's a brother or sister or aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa or, or you know, a uh, uh, pastor. We've all at some time, we've had a relationship in our life to go bad. And some of them not only has uh, went bad, but they uh, really did a lot of damage in families. And uh, when you got two siblings that are, fussing and fighting, it can do a lot of damage. When, when you got uh, family members that are fussing and fighting, it can do a lot of damage. And sometimes we look at it as failure, but it's not really failure, it's just that the reset button's broke. And we have to understand that, that, that sometimes we have to go back to the position of reset. Jesus is very plain when he's telling us, you're trying to judge somebody 
Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> that was, I didn't mean to call him out. Anyway, don't judge him. We <laughs> poor old Bruce. Poor old Bruce. He's just like, eh. we, ha we have to understand that Jesus is, is I mean, I mean, he, he, he's, he's calling it plain. And he's saying that your problem is, is that you're judging your friend because of what's going on with the speck in his eye while you got a plank in yours. And then you're trying to remove the plank from your brother's eye while you got a speck in yours. You, you know, we can plainly see the plank. We can see the big old piece of wood poking out in somebody's eye. I mean, they, they walk in, they're just knocking things over and, and moving on. We can see that. But the speck, that's hard to see. The only way you're going to see a speck in somebody's eye, I don't know you, but. You got to get close enough. <laughs> she opened her eyes big. You have to you have to get close enough to see that speck. Now you can see all the other stuff going on. And I think what happens is a lot of times is that that, on, that in our relationships sometimes we we spend more time searching for us than anything else. Uh-oh. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. We always got to find. Has, has anybody played that game as a child? Have you played that game, uh, hide and seek? You know, and uh, they used to always tell you, hey, go over there and count to 50. And then when you count to 50, then you come and find us. And we'd go over and go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. As fast as we could because we didn't want to give them any time. And then we and then we would say, ready or not, here I come. And you would try to find somebody. And you usually found the slowest person first. Or you found that person that can't make a decision. And they're still looking while you're saying, ready or not, here I come. They're like, <laughs> There's so many different things in relationships sometimes that we have to understand that our biggest issue is usually not, now usually not, with somebody else. It's that we haven't learned how to step back, stop, pause, and reset. It's our circuit is broken. And it's been broken because of something that happened in our life. It's been broken because uh, somebody who betrayed us. It's, it's broken because of something that really scarred us as a young child earlier. And what happens is, is that we haven't figured out that part of it yet. We have never really reset from something that hurt us a long time ago. And what happens is, is when you get into that position that you're not dealing with something that happened a long time ago and you're not resetting, all you're doing is looking for the plank in somebody else's eye. 
Can I just step on y'all's toes tonight? All you're doing now is you're looking for the obvious reason why to judge them. Well, who do they think they are? Well, they ain't saved. How can they be saved? I just seen them at, I just read their post. I just, and we're judging everything that somebody else is doing. We're judging their life like we're God. We're judging their life like we got everything together. Man, it's quiet in here. <laughs> we're judging and looking like we got everything together, and we're pointing out all the faults and all the things and everything that's going wrong and why it's not right and why they can't be this and why they can't be that. And at the same time, we got issues going on. We have that little speck, but you know what? Nobody else is seeing that speck because we're not letting anybody else close enough. We don't let anybody else close enough to see that speck. But we're seeing the obvious. We're seeing the obvious things in somebody's life, and we declare they're not saved because of that. I hadn't been saved very long at all. Uh, after I'd come back to Christ when I was 23 years old. And I remember, uh, man, I mean, I was doing my best. I mean, you got to understand, I mean, I was... Uh, I, I, I'd got strung out, uh, selling dope, chasing dope, pushing dope, anything I could do with dope, all of these things, hanging around with the wrong crowds and all this stuff. And I mean, I had a potty mouth. And that was one of the hardest things for me to do was to control what I was saying when I got mad. Now, I mean, I could talk to you all day long, but if I got mad, pfft. I mean, I mean, those dudes that would see me on church on Sunday going, oh, I love you, Jesus, and on money life. <laughs> now, obviously, I shouldn't be saying stuff like that. But listen, God loved me enough to save me just like I was and to work with me along the way. And there was a few people in my circle that decided I really wasn't saved. And that hurt me a lot because they didn't know what I was really going through. But then I had a few people in my circle that said, listen, don't listen to them hypocrites. Now, listen, I'm not saying get mad and go cuss because the pastor said you still say it. I didn't say that. <laughs> but the issues and stuff sometimes that we're working on, the obvious thing what somebody else is going through, we're judging what we're seeing, but we are not uh, finding out what they've actually been through. We don't even know all of the stuff that they come up to. We don't know who lied to them. We don't know who betrayed them. We don't know who left them. We don't know who cheated on them. We do not know all of these things. We don't know who molested them as a child. We don't know who, who uh, is, is, is been doing things in their homes and, 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 and all of these things. We have no idea what we're talking about. We just see a church setting and we see all of these things and, and, and before you know it, Jesus is telling, he, he He's telling the, the, uh, the, the, not the disciples, but he's telling the Pharisees and the scribes. He's telling them, judge not lest you be judged. 
And a lot of times to reset a relationship, the reason why we're not resetting relationships is because we're not being reset. We think that the other person's got to be reset. We think if the other person does this, and if the other person gets this right, and if the other person fixes this, then, 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 hey, it'll be okay. But as soon as the other person fixes this, then we're going to find something else. And it seems like what happens sometimes in some of our relationships is we're, we're too busy trying to find instead of becoming. Mark 10 says, Jesus tells, and, and he says, he, he's talking about uh, the, uh, the husband and the wife. And he says, he says that the mystery about it is, is that, is that the husband will leave mother and father and cling to the wife. And he says, and it is male and female since the beginning. Let me say that again. It is male and female since the beginning. And the Bible says the mystery about it is, is that the man and the woman, listen to this, would become one flesh. So we're too busy trying to find instead of becoming. We're too busy trying to find something wrong with somebody's life instead of becoming what God wants us to be. All the stuff you've been through in your relationship is not a failure. It's God saying, look, I'm going to mold you. I'm going to create you. I'm going to put in you. And what didn't kill you will make you stronger. So get back up. And if you fall down, good thing. Because a righteous man will fall seven times, but get back on the eighth. And so what we got to do is move forward in our relationship with God. So the resetting process is, is usually has nothing to do with anybody else. Nobody else can reset you. Only you have the power to push that button to reset. Amen. Me and Tanner uh, last summer decided that we was going to uh, have this, this decision. We was going to fry fish and a little fry daddy. I don't know why, but anyway. We decided we was going to do that. So we was going to fry fish and a fry daddy. And then he said, hey, I'm going to go get some salmon. Is it, did, did I say they're out salmon or salmon? Yeah. <laughs> I just come out of my mouth and I thought, hey, that's hillbilly right there. And, <laughs> and so we had on our porch, we had a, a, a fryer over here and we had a fryer over there. And I mean, I mean, we was frying up a storm, man, all of a sudden, and not only, not only did, did it blow, but it blowed half the house. Because everything hooked up to that one breaker, it blew. And man, we, I mean, we was, we, we was pushing that reset button. I mean, pushing it hard, getting screwdrivers and pushing it, and nothing was happening. And we was thinking, man, something's wrong. This thing ought to reset. And what I'm trying to paint you a picture as is a lot of times you come to church and you think, come to church, I reset. You think because you come to church and sit in a pew and listen to a good preacher <laughs> that I've reset. 
Well, I'm all right. I went to church. Where was you? And uh, back in the day, what happened is, back in the day, if you didn't show up to church, about four people in church would call you and say, hey, where you at? What's wrong? Did you backslide? Been drinking again? Go off the handle again? You hit your wife again? Kick your dog again? Mess up? Huh? Huh? What's wrong? I mean, it's like, it's like everybody in church was over you, and, and, and I mean, I mean it, 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 it was tough. Growing up in the church I grew up in, you couldn't grin or it was a sin. You couldn't spit wide enough in our church. I mean, it, it was one of those things that, I mean, people was looking, and I mean, they was judged, and they had this picture of what church ought to look like, and they told you. They was really good about telling you what God likes and what God don't like. And, man, it made it really tough for a lot of people. And what happens is, is there was a lot of stuff that was going on that they never really learned how to reset. See, I know coming to church and sitting here and listening and, and going through worship and maybe standing in a prayer line every night. Just because you stand in a prayer line doesn't mean that you really reset. Listen, listen, I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody listen to me tonight. What happens is, is we got to go in and let the Word of God begin to root out and clean out and move those things. We got to start praying about things that we're uncomfortable with. See, when I say quit praying about things that we're uncomfortable with, because we're always praying, Lord, help CJ. Lord, just help him. Lord, help CJ. He's crazy. God, just help him. Lord, 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 move on Cody, Lord. I seen Cody, Lord, not acting like he should be acting today, and I want you just to move on him. But the things in our life that we're really uncomfortable with is we don't want to talk to God because, you know, we told a lie. And so we sit down, and we know we told a lie, and while we're praying, our mind is saying, you lied, but we go right over that like God didn't even see it. And we have all of these issues, and it's about us. And rightly so, because most of the time, listen to me, I would that life changes. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be the biggest church in town. I don't need, uh, listen, listen, I know that God's going to get that other building. I'm not going to take that away. But if I never, ever get that other building, I am fine right here. I want to be the most loving church in Pittsburgh. I want everybody who's never been loved to walk in this place. And I don't want them to say, I've never seen a church like that. I mean, I've never seen a preacher like that. I want them to say, I've never been involved in a church just like that. I want to be the most loving church in Pittsburgh. Amen. I want to be able to embrace people whatever level that they're on and give them the word of God. I want to be able that when this series is over with, that every one of us understand the power of reset. Getting back to my story, man, Tanner, I mean, we're pushing this button. We're trying to get to reset, trying to get everything, uh, you know, and, and, so, and so I just said, man, just... I don't know. So I went and got an extension cord. <laughs> and I went to another outlet. Come on, somebody. And I plugged it in. And so we finished our food. Then I went to watch TV, turned TV on, and it so happened the TV was on the one that blowed. 
So what did I do? I got another extension cord. You know what my wife said? Uh-uh. You ain't dragging no extension cord across my floor to plug your TV in. I said, oh, yeah, I am. She said, no, you ain't. So I didn't. But I didn't because I didn't want to. No. But what happens is, is we're looking for an easy fix. Instead of fixing what needs to be reset, we're always trying to plug into something else that is still working. And we want to drag an extension cord all the way over. And we want to bring that all the way over and we want to plug it in. It's like the, the Bible said that in the beginning that God, that, that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. That wasn't that the sun just boomed. That was God just swooping in and coming in and the light was there. Matter of fact, I tell people all the time, Carl, Carl Gregory's so old that when God said, let there be light, he come dragging the extension cord. <laughs> Plug it in, God. And we're always trying to jump from one room. You, you know, and I'm not going to preach this, but I mean, it, it's, it's just, God's just showing me different things. But every place in your house, everything that's got a door is a different place. It's in the same house. Different place. I don't know how y'all are, but every room in our house has a theme. <laughs> <laughs> my wife smiled at me she didn't go every room in our house you walk into that and say, oh oh I love what you did you walk oh wow I mean it's just and, 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 and it probably should be most of y'all can say yep 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 because the thing about it is, is, is every place in your house, it's under one building, but it's a different room. And your life, in your life, and I don't even have time, on, I don't have time to go through this, but your life has got series, and it's got places, uh, and it's got rooms, and it's got thoughts, and it's got people who come into your life, and people who left your life, and people who stayed, and people who shouldn't have stayed. Come on, somebody. And doors that's been shut, and doors that's been opened, uh, and, and, and the things that's been covered up. Uh, and everybody's got a house uh, where they got one room that they put stuff in uh, that they're never going to use, uh, but they don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, we got that one junk drawer. <laughs> that if we ever need to fix something, we go to that drawer because it's probably in there. And in our life, we got these compartments. We got these rooms. We got these different places, but when one circuit blows in one room, we tend to piggyback off of the other room instead of fixing the problem. In our relationship, okay, I want to say it like this. Everybody say, I love the preacher. You know, when you meet that friend for the first time and it's like, man, y'all got, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you both drive Harleys or, well, ride, you better not drive it, ride. You like to shoot guns. You like to fish. Man, he's the coolest dude ever. I mean, he, he, he just cool. He dresses like me, talks like me. I mean, I mean, things is good. And you sit down, and the first words out of his mouth, yeah, well, you don't let that other friend that I had. 
And there's warning signs already going up. But there's places in our life that's not reset, so we're just dragging an extension cord. Can I teach this tonight? Is that all right? So we drag an extension cord from one place to the other, from one relationship to the other relationship, and here we are now, we're broken down with relationships, and we're blaming it on everybody else because we're seeing what's wrong with them, but how dare you get up in my face like that? I got specks in my eye, but you can't see it. Jesus is telling them real plain. He just tells them like it is. He just, he, he just comes across to it, and he says, this is how it is. And he calls them hypocrites. A hypocrite is, is defined as this, saying one thing but doing another. Hypocrisy at its best is usually found, y'all ready, in the church. Amen. Not me. I mean, it's like, I mean, man, I, Lord, I don't want to say that. It's like, if you ever want to see fakers or pretenders, a lot of times you find them in the church. And it's, like, it's not that they really want to do that, but man, they, ain't, they, they don't want to, I mean, they got people judging in that place. And if I, and if I, I mean, they'll, they'll judge me. They'll judge me if they know. We ought to be afraid of the one who not just judges but can destroy your body and soul in hell. And we're not concerned about that, but we're concerned about old Joe over there who's going to say something about something that we're doing. And, 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 and the thing about it is, 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 is old Joe over there is, is talking about what you're doing, but he's being measured that same measure again, so he ain't getting away with it. And if we start judging somebody else, we're not going to get away with it. I remember years ago we uh, had church service, and we just started pastoring this church. <coughs> and, uh, and so uh, we would all go out after church. We'd either go to Brahms or we'd go to Maggio's or whatever. And, 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 I mean, we would all go out, and, and we would grab something to eat. And we was all gathered up at Brahms one day, and we was getting us something to eat. And there's this little girl, and she walked up. And she sat down beside another little girl, and she said, uh, hey, you want to go over here and play? And she goes, no, I can't play with you. She swans. She said, my daddy said that you're mean. And her daddy was sitting right there, and he, went, he said, I did not. And then he said, no, actually, I did. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, is sometimes we like to look at somebody else's kid. Uh-oh. We like to declare how mean they are and what their parents ought to do to them. And sometimes we're judging different things. We like to talk about how somebody can't get their life right. Man, I'm, I'm, it's quiet in here. I must be doing good. It comes to the point when we come to church that when somebody comes to church and they leave the church, we, we, we call our friend or our buddy and we spend 20 minutes talking about what they really need to get right. But at the end of it, we say, well, praise God, at least they was in church. 
And we spent 20 minutes judging them instead of 20 minutes, hey, join me in prayer. Man, I'm doing all the good. I can tell it. Some of y'all thinking, I wish you'd shut up. <laughs> but Jesus put this in there for a reason. He's talking to the, to the uh, ones who had come in and joined together and called themselves the church. He's telling them because they got a big issue and they got a big problem. And in order to get our reset with our relationships, most of our relationships ships that have went sour have went sour because there's something that we refuse to fix in our life. And we think everything's great. Does anybody in here have, uh, have something in their life that you know right now today that God could fix. Well, less than half of you. Thank you, Chad, for being honest. <laughs> Man, I got more than one. I mean, I got a lot of things that, you know, God really needs to fix in my life. But I have realized that over the course of mending things and coming back together, I realized that what has went wrong is that there's an issue in my life that I struggle with that I haven't focused on to fix. Amen. See, Jesus said to pull the plank out of your own eye. He did not ever say, go to your brother and pull the plank out of his eye. He said to remove the speck from our eye, not your brother's. So our relationships, because when you come together in a relationship, whether it's brother, it's sister, it's aunt, uncle, it's family member, it's boyfriend or girlfriend relationship, it's, 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 it's church relationships. What happens is, is when you come together more in one mind, the more you that is in one mind, the stronger that relationship is. And the enemy knows that it only takes two of you to bind together and declare and heaven opens up. And he is, is so, so fixated on trying to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy church relationships in Pittsburgh, Kansas. There's pastors in Pittsburgh, Kansas that need to come together and quit looking about what's over their door and look at the kingdom that's inside of them so they can fix some stuff. I hope every pastor in Pittsburgh says, hey, go to Life Changers. They'll take anybody. Amen. Because I will. I'll open up my doors to anybody. 
so they can hear the word of God, but I'll never water it down. I'll never take it and, and I will never dilute it. You, you, you can like it or you can not like it because you're not my boss. He is. You ever tell one of your friends, you're not my boss. You can't boss me. See, Jesus is breaking it down in their lives. Bring me my scripture up one more time. Anna, would you come to piano, please? Matthew 7 and 1. He says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Point and simple in here tonight. To reset something in our relationship, and, and I want to help somebody in here tonight, whether it's a friend, whether it's a cousin, whether it's a brother, whether it's a sister, aunt, uncle, mama, daddy, whatever it is, that has to be restored. Jesus tells a story and he says, to bring your gift to the altar. And he says, and when you get to the altar, he says, if you have ought against your brother, leave your gift there and get up and go to your brother yes. and fix it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a hard reset right there. Come on. He's plainly telling us that we got to restore these things because leaving a gift at the altar is not doing us any good if we're still harboring in our hearts. If we have issues. One of the biggest things going on right now, everybody say, I love the preacher. If we're trying to figure out who's going to get vaccinated and who ain't. Who's going to take it and who is and judging people who is and judging people who ain't. And the thing about it is, it's either get victory or get vaccinated. I don't care. I don't care. It's not my problem. But the enemy is using that one place in our lives to judge other people that we go to church with. And we got to understand that God is the big God. That's the one that we run to. 
God is going to move on our lives, and that's the one that we focus on. That's the one that we see, and that's the one that can heal us, and that's the one that can answer our problems. And it's not the things that we're seeing somebody else do. It's the stuff that nobody else sees us do that we're hiding, and we're coming into church, and we're playing like everything's all right, and we're hopping from friend to friend, and from person to person, and from church to church, and we're just hoppers like a bunch of kangaroos. We're just hopping around everywhere, and we're not getting nothing done. And the enemy's laughing at us. And we've been doing this for 30 years. And devils ain't cast out. And bodies ain't saved. And bodies ain't healed. And revival's not stirring in our church anymore. Because we got too many rooms in our house that needs to be reset. Glad I got that off my chest. Instead of fixing what's wrong, we're dragging extension cords. And before long, we're going to overload the other room. Before long, we're going to overload the other part of the house. Before long, stuff is going to be blowing up and exploding. See, there are some parts of your house that can take more. You know, your kitchen, you get a bigger amperage on there because you got a stove or you're, you're, I don't know much about electricity, but I do understand that you got to have, you know, more amperage and more waters, waters, wattage. And so to run your TV doesn't take as much as what it does to run your stove. And there's some things in your life that doesn't take a lot of effort, but there's some things in your life that does. And you have to understand how much you allow to go in there. And when it does blow, reset it. Just simply reset it. People are coming to church all the time. Everybody say, I love the preacher again. I've said it several times. Say, I love the preacher. Come to church all the time with blowed circuits. And leave with blowed circuits. Come church mad, leave mad. Me and my wife used to come to church <clears throat> when we first got saved. We'd come to church and we'd be in an argument. Anybody ever argue with your wife when you went to church? <clears throat> Don't lie, you are in church. And pull up in the parking lot mad. And get out and walk into the church. And as soon as we get in church, she go one way and I go the other way and mad. Bless our hearts. She would get behind the piano and I'd grab the bass. Mad. And one day, when God had called me to preach, one day God said, Roger, I said, yes, Lord. He said, this calling on your life, he said, it's very powerful. He said, do not, he said, he said, make this covenant with me that you will not stand behind this pulpit mad. He said, Roger, because if you're going to stand behind here mad and aggravated, he says, spirits will attract spirits, and the same spirit that's on you will get on them. So start, 
come to church, we get mad. We'd pull up in the parking lot, and I would tell her, we ain't getting out of this car and walking in that church house like this. We literally, and we would make our mind up. Now, we, we didn't fix everything that was going on at the time, but we reset what blowed. Our relationship gets better and sweeter all the time. And it does with trial and error and does with all kinds of different things. But we have learned the art of reset. And believe me, <laughs> I've had to reset a bunch of times. And she's had to reset more times now. I mean, people look and sometimes they see, man, look at Pastor Roger and Pastor Anna. I mean, there's, man, it's so wonderful. But Pastor Roger and Anna, I mean, we thank you for that. But at the same time, Pastor Roger, Pastor Roger and Anna, we have had to work and we're still working. but we've had to learn to slow down, stop, and reset whoever I'm preaching to. It's a simple thing to reset our lives in the Word of God and in prayer. And sometimes that circuit has to be replaced. You know what? There's sometimes God says, you know what? You've done that long enough. We're going to stop. We're going to take that one out. You ain't, you ain't using that one no more. We're done. We're going to replace it. And all of a sudden you say, well, you know what? I used to like this. I don't, I don't even know why. I do. God's replaced some stuff. And it's called growth. It's called growing up. He's replacing things. I knew coming in here tonight because I, I, I talked to God many times today about this. I knew coming in here, in here tonight that this would be one of those times that I wouldn't really get to explode. But I know that when Jesus is telling us that we're judging somebody else, We're not getting anywhere. Because that same hatred, that same jealousy, that same anger. You know, a lot of people come to church and they're angry. And, and they hide it. Hide it really well. But they're angry. And they haven't got over the fact what happened 10 years ago. They said they had, but they haven't got over that fact. Some people are dealing with more than other people are dealing with. 
Some people's had a lot of issues. They've had a lot of trials. They've had a lot of, man, I don't know. But there's something different happening in this revival that is moving across this nation today. And the thing different that is happening is the power and the promise to us that God said he would move upon all flesh. So this is not a demonstration of a Pentecostal movement or a Baptist movement or a Methodist movement, but this is a demonstration of a God movement. That we're seeing things happen. Heads bowed, no one looking around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All over this place, just stand to your feet with me tonight, will you? 
Now hang with me here just for a minute. Those of you that are watching live, I want you to be a part of this just for a minute. If you have brothers or sisters or uncles or aunts or family members, co-workers, church friends, and there's a lot of hurt or issues in that relationship. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe there's people right now that you're acquaintance with, but you was really close to at one time. There's a lot of issues. Did you know that it's those rooms and those places right there that the enemy is hiding out and he's waiting? Because when you walk by that certain room, he jumps out on you. You get over it, you get past it, you throw it back in the room. And those kind of places where the enemy likes to drag you down. Now, all over this place, and I just want to be, I just want us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And those that are still watching online, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just close your eyes with me in this place. If you're watching online, just close your eyes and listen to me. I want you to repeat after me tonight. If you're really serious about fixing these places in your life, maybe you don't have those places. Maybe, maybe you don't. But maybe there's places in your life that needs to be fixed and reset. I want you to repeat after me. You don't have to do it real loud, but I just want you to repeat it so you can hear yourself. Lord, I come to you today and I have realized that because of you, I am not who I am. Father, you did not leave me where you found me. And because of that, I am what I am today. So all the people in my life who I have blamed and I have declared that they have a problem, I ask you to forgive me. Father, I repent. My God, I feel, I repent. Today I turn it around and I chase after you. And if there's anything in my life that needs to be refixed, reset today. I am allowing you to reset my life. Now listen to me. Some of you in this place are not listening to me. You know good and well that there is places in your life that blow circuits. There are certain things. There are certain things that happens at a certain time, at a moment, at a place. And the issue, the issue is usually dealt with some hurting places in your lives. So you just repented. So right there where you're at, I just want you to raise your hands. Pastor Anna, I want you to just love on Jesus for a minute. Hallelujah. Just thank you just for a minute for 
for resetting you right now. You just... feel a break loose breaking loose in this place <laughs> my goodness I feel a release there's something breaking something happening in this area Reset us tonight. The plank that is in our own eye. Lord, we remove that. Hallelujah. The neighbor next to you, just grab their hand, touch their shoulder, however, just make a connection there with them. Hold the hand, grab him on the shoulder. We're going to pray. Lord, touch my neighbor today. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Lord, touch my neighbor today. Move on their lives. Strengthen them. Open up doors for them. Move on their life today. Satan, get your hands off of my neighbor. This is God's property. And today I declare that his glory is going to bring glory in their lives. Let's give the Lord a hand clap in here tonight. I feel the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, I feel the glory of God in this place, and I, I, I don't. I, I feel there's, there's, there's some, there's some, there's some things in here tonight that's been lifted. I really do. 
I feel like God is moving, God is helping us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I'm very thankful for this body of believers. I'm very thankful for your support, your prayers. And I know that God's going to take us further, higher, and further. How many believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we're leaving this place tonight as vessels of honor for the master's table. Man, we've been touched in a deep, deep way tonight, and I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Don't lose what you got here tonight. Don't lose it. Don't lose the word. Don't lose the touch of the spirit. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that you have blessed your people. Blessed us, Father God, way more than we can ever imagine. And I thank you, Father God, that in the next few days, you're going to be revealing to each one of us what you did in us tonight, Father. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you for choosing Life Changers Church to listen to. Our services are Sunday morning at 1030. We also have King's Kids Church available as well on Sunday morning. We offer a midweek lift service on Thursday nights at 7. And to all of our visitors who are in driving distance, come and worship with us here at Life Changers Church. The Life Changers worship team is amazing, and the full impact of worship cannot be explained on experience. Hey, check out our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes. We're also on Spotify as well. You can find all of these under Life Changers Church International, Pittsburgh, Kansas. This full title and name will lead you straight to all of our programs. Hey, check out our Facebook page for all of our events and our outreach that we do in the community each and every month. God bless you again, and have a wonderful and blessed day in Jesus.